Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. This is another Q&A and Street Challenge episode, and it's a little different this week. Um, instead of a monologue like you're used to, uh, I decided to change it a little bit and mix it. And I have a special guest host today. So... Um, it'll be a lot more fun for me because I'm kind of a social person. So talking to myself to a microphone, it's just not a whole lot of fun. And I, I think it will be more fun for you to the listeners because we're going to bounce the questions back and forth. So you'll get somebody else's opinion as well. So today my guest host is from Germany, and you may remember him. It's street photographer Marco Larousse, who, ma, who was my guest on the Streets of the World Hamburg episode a few weeks ago. And together we will answer questions about finding inspirations to photograph the same streets without being able to travel to an exotic location. And if we have time, a second question, how to make the decisions on which shots to keep in a series of images that are similar. So, um, Marco, welcome. Thank you for being my first uh, guest host on Street Focus. How are you? Thank you, Valerie. I'm fine. Thank you for having me back. And uh, I'm also very happy to be the first That's person right. to be on your question and answer show. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, we, we we hit it off last time and got along really well and had fun and and uh, I've been able to see more of your work since then and we've communicated via um, social media so uh, I think it'll be a, it'll be a lot of fun and um, so let's just jump right in and we'll start with the first question so um, it came in from Elliot McCrory via the Google Plus page he asked I cannot find any streets to focus on I live in the suburbs, and my streets are generally empty except for the occasional car. I try to go to street festivals when they happen, but now it's winter and the street festivals are over. Traveling to a photo photogenic city would be nice, but this is generally not practical for me. I do love snapping pictures of people, but I cannot, I cannot find the quiz... I can't say that word in English quintessential streets that you Valerie seems to find so effortlessly I need help okay well if you're in the suburbs Elliot I'm thinking there must be a city nearby <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it <laughs> yes so uh, do you want me to start Marco on this one um, yeah sure go ahead well so if there is a city, you're just going to have to make the time to go where there are people. I mean, even in winter, and I know winter because I'm in Minnesota, and we have five months of bitterly cold, snowy weather. So yes, the streets get a little bit deserted, but uh, but there are people that are coming and going from work. So you're just going to have to make the time to hit those those cities. And, and you, Marco, you in Hamburg, it's not really uh, tropical either. Exactly. And you're, uh, not in the, you're not in the city either. Well, I, I do live still in the city limits, and uh, it's it's a fairly big city, 1.7 million people living yeah. here. But um, yeah, it's uh, in this season, the weather today is gray, it's snow and rain, so it's really no fun to be outside. But um, there are places you can go, just go where people are. And in this weather, we have uh, um, certainly malls we have subway stations this is a big city where you can go but i'm sure that even in in more rural areas there's places where people meet you go grocery shopping 
um, even gas stations. It doesn't always have to be street photography in a big city. It's just if you want to do people street photography, go to places where people meet. And uh, it could be a concert maybe. You might have to drive there a little bit. Um, or sports events um, can also be good place, theater, movie theaters, mm -hmm. uh, and the parking lots. So those are all places where I'm sure that um, people meet. And, I, uh, I think you just have to be creative, too, because yeah. uh, and I think actually most street photographers do their best work in their own environment because mm -hmm. it well, I think it's one part is we become it's harder to satisfy us in our own environment because we kind of get bored with it. So we have mm -hmm. to raise the bar mm -hmm. and we look for more difficult things to shoot. So I think that's because we want to keep it challenging. So being in your environment can be can be a positive. And then, you know, the light, you know, the best times to be at the right spot. Um, so there are some advantages um, because sometimes also seeing a new location can be overwhelming and you don't know where to start. So it may sound really exciting to travel to New York or to Paris, But if it's your first time in a new location, it can be, it can do the opposite effect where you just, you know, it's too overwhelming. So, um, so there are some advantages to, to knowing your environment. Don't you think, Marco? Definitely. And I'm sure the, the um, area um, where he lives, see, as a, as a street photographer, sometimes you also want to document where you are. And I do travel to places where there's really nothing. This is really a place where you could say, should I even bring the camera? And of course, I always do. Be, there's always something interesting to see. But if you're living in an area where it's really deserted, photograph that. F photograph uh, maybe the drabness, you know, it's uh, yep. could be um, tumbleweeds can be <laughs> can be even good if that's the region where you are take pictures of what it looks like and document it for other people. And uh, it doesn't always have to be, you can, for example, do a series on, on mailboxes, old rusty mailboxes can be extremely interesting. We don't have these American style looking uh, mailboxes over here. And, uh, Uh, people are always fascinated with them. So, <laughs> That's um, true. Or, or old barns, um, yeah. uh, old gas stations. There's there's a lot of stuff you can document. Doesn't always have to be people. And if you if you look at the genre of street photography, which we could spend many shows on to talk about what it can be, it basically can be almost anything. Um, sometimes it's it's really even without people or, That's true. or animals, uh, dog in an empty street, you know. Exactly. Famous, famous yep. pictures exist. So. That, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. And then if you want to focus on people, well, you may just have to do a, a, a special projects. I mean, start a hundred strangers project, for example, where you're actually going to have interaction with people and make portraits or um, something fun to do is to take more of a photojournalist approach and tell a story. Uh, tell the story of the local baker or the local dog walker and And, um, and, you know, do a, stories a story with a series of images. Uh, do the, um, you know, some, some portraits, some wider shots, some close-up shots, you know, just, and, and follow them. Maybe you can do, a, you can see them at different time of day uh, for several weeks and, uh, and, and document that. Do a blog on that. I mean, it's fun. Not only you interact with local people that you may never have met otherwise, and it's a fun way to get out and shoot. Because really, the whole point is just to get out and not stay in your home all winter because nobody's out in the street. And you can also go out if you're in a, no matter what the season, if you're in a small 
town even. Um, go out with a theme in mind. So challenge yourself with shadows, with reflections, uh, or like our uh, previous challenge, you know, photograph people through windows. Just go with a, a something in mind that will make it more exciting and it becomes more of a treasure hunt. I always say that. Just make it, turn it into a game. And uh, and it's a lot more fun to, to get out or find a few friends to go out with, you know. But it's true, the grass is always greener. Is that how it's you say? The grass is always yeah. greener on the other side <laughs> yeah, of the fence. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it always seems more exciting. But you know, wherever you are would be exotic for somebody else. And, uh, and you have to keep that in mind too, you know. A lot of people would like to be where you are, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think I think that's that's a really good point, Valerie, to do a, a documentary. Uh, just focus on a person that that uh, is around um, the area where you live, and there's so many. Each person has a story to tell. Mm -hmm. A lot of, especially in the US, a lot of people are from foreign countries. Um, uh, they can tell their story. They can maybe show picture books, and you just sit there, take the pictures, um, document that, and. Uh, um, you'll be amazed, I think, what kind of interesting people you get to meet and what kind of stories you can tell with pictures, picture essays, basically. basically. Yeah, so, exactly. Or musicians or um, someone collecting something or uh, um, maybe a good athlete. Um, there's, there's plenty of things, I think, yeah, you I can think really do as, as winter projects. Yeah, I think no matter what, you know, no matter what the season or the location Yeah, you need to get out and find something fun. It has to be fun. You don't need to impress anyone. You need to do it for yourself. You're not working for a client. So just just do something that makes you happy, really. Um, I think that's where sometimes people don't want to start a project because they figure, oh, I won't ever, I won't keep up. Or um, it's like, who cares? Just do it for you and do it for fun. But but get out there with your camera. And, and only your camera. <laughs> <laughs> don't bring strobes. Don't bring many, many different lenses. Bring one, maximum two lenses. If you're in situations like that, and especially if you're not so experienced maybe with taking pictures of people, um, whenever you fiddle with your gear, it makes the other person often uncomfortable. Um, so just just um, sit there as someone who's really talking to the person. And, and if possible, use natural available light. Um, and just snap a picture here and there and, and, and try to focus on the conversation as well. That way I think you make um, the other person that you are interviewing or documenting um, feel more comfortable in yeah. that situation. True. And um, and in the winter, if you're in a cold climate, I mean, like I started a fun project, museum goers, and I go to museums and I photograph people interacting with art. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Not every museum will let you photograph, but a lot mm -hmm. of them do. And I'm having a blast because people who look at art have a, you know, Uh, are, can be really funny, actually. There's a lot of and humor. I love, I love those pictures. I've, I've, com I've commented on a few of them. And, yes, and, uh, it's really, really great. That's why I ask you, are you allowed to take pictures there? Because here often you're not. So. Yeah, it, and uh, most places uh, you can ex accept if it's a special exhibit. And also I've gone to um, there are a lot of the old warehouses here in Minneapolis that have been converted into artist studios. Mm -hmm. And I found myself just wander through that um, on a quiet Saturday afternoon where there is the public isn't even there but it's mostly just the artists working on their potteries or their paintings and I've done um environment 
excuse me, environmental portraits of the mm-hmm. artist working uh, by natural light with the window, and they were just fun. Uh, and I've given the, given them a, a, a picture, the pictures, and I've made connections that way. I've made friends that way. So there's always something you can do, and um, to to just uh, and get out of your comfort zone too. Sometimes if some if interacting with people to make a portrait is something you're not used to doing that might be a good time to do it this winter and just uh, approach people um you know at at the local market or something and, and you may be surprised when when uh, you do this and uh, the word spreads uh, you might be really busy during this winter time <laughs> that's right that's right so well um Elliot, I hope we helped you a little bit, but again, you know, yes, it's it's fun, and maybe that's your goal for 2015 is to visit a new city somewhere, uh, and and that's always so much fun. But um, but do shoot in your own environment, big or small. Um, there are people everywhere, and uh, rural areas can also be really fun. You know, I can just picture that uh, that long snowy path with with just one person and a dog walking down and uh and some minimalist shots so go out there and shoot and have fun so and post some pictures okay well thanks marco that was uh that was a lot of uh great input so it's kind of fun to do this with somebody else hey i'm gonna get used to this (laughs) okay (laughs) so the second question was sent by alice via the twip website I've just been starting out in photography and I've encountered an unexpected problem. I've got quite a few shots I'm really happy with, but I'm having trouble shooting which are the best. When I have a series of 10 similar shots and all of them are quite good, how do I pick just one? I've just sent a picture to a competition and now I have this terrible feeling that I sent the wrong one from that series. Thanks, Valerie. I'm really enjoying the show. Well, thank you, Alice. Um, well, I'll... I'll throw that one to Marco to start. What okay, tips can you give one. to uh, Alice? Well, I think we have all been there, and I think even uh, really seasoned, experienced photographers sometimes are there where they just don't know which one they should pick as, as the best picture uh, from a series. Um, I think what helps for me and what I have seen in, in my uh, development over the years is um, I try to get or to take fewer pictures if possible and just think about the picture before I take it. This, I think uh, you talked about that a few weeks ago, this uh, a spray and pray approach where you just um, shoot a lot, a lot, a lot and, and just uh, go home to sort it. This can be really overwhelming if, if you come home with a few hundred pictures from, from an event and you have uh, a series of pictures where there's 30, 40 times the same person just uh, maybe blinking, looking a little bit to the left and to the right. Um, I think um, that can be overwhelming and you might sit in front of the the screen and and, and don't really know where to start. So that's an advice. Try maybe to to slow down a little bit. Uh, Don't use um, uh, serial pictures uh, unless you're in a sporting event, of course, and then it doesn't make sense. But if you're just uh, on the street taking pictures, try to time your shots and and maybe one or two. um, That gives you less uh, that you have to choose from. Um, then the next approach, how, how I do it is, is to uh, look at my images that I took in a small format, like in a, in a, a library view, a little bit bigger than thumbprint, maybe thumbnails and, um, just, just browse over them. Which one jumps out at you? Which one, um, just from the composition point of view or, um, 
um, the, the lighting, which one, which one is most appealing and uh, pick a few that, that um, seem to, to jump out at you as, as could be good ones. And then do go in closer, full screen, enlarge those and see whether the sharpness is the way you would like them to be and um, check for technical imperfections. Is the background too cluttered or is there something, telephone pole coming out the head? Um, yeah, that's, that's basically how I would narrow, narrow yeah. down um, to, to, to get a smaller selection of images. Mm-hmm. It is true. But, but in street photography, I think that if you have 10 similar shots, chances are one will be much stronger than the others because you'll have the right gesture. Mm-hmm. Uh, elements will fall into place. As you said, the light will be better, maybe the, the position of the subject in the frame. So that you really need to learn to see. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she says she's quite new at it. And, mm-hmm. and that's part of the learning curve. And I see it's interesting because whether you shoot street photography or anything else, and I've had workshop participants that have been on several workshops with me and, um, and they get to a point where they're going to they're going to take too many shots of one thing, one mm-hmm. subject, and and now consistently it's the first shot that's the best shot. And I said, mm-hmm. "Okay, now you got it. So now you have to trust yourself that mm-hmm. you can see." And once you start seeing photographically, you're going to you're not going to take as many shots and you're going to nail it much quicker. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you learn that through a critique process. And I, when I do my critiques, whether they're online or during the workshops, I can tell, you know, once the photographer is starting to get it because it's on the series of images like that, it's usually the first or second one that's going to be the shot. And then just to be safe, they take a lot more than they need to. But that's when they reach that level where, okay, they see, they can see. And, uh, and that's always a great achievement. And I'm always so excited to tell them that, okay, now you got it. So now you have to trust yourself. You got it. You don't need to, you have gratif- you have instant gratification on your, on the back of your camera. You know, it's not like when you're shooting film where you had to take a lot more just to be safe because <laughs> you couldn't see if you had the shot, the right gesture, the right light and everything. But now you pretty much can see it. So trust yourself. Uh, but I would, I would definitely, um, tell Alice that if she is still in that in that learning curve where she just doesn't know quite why this one is a stronger image than another, maybe getting a, a critique uh, from uh, a peer, somebody you really trust, would be great. Um, and then uh, and then start trusting your instinct. But it's a lot of elements will fall into place that will make that one frame stronger than the others that will start to just jump at you. And, uh, and you'll often be able to just even delete in camera before you even put them on your computer, because you'll know this is the shot. So, um, I, I think, uh, it's, it's a matter of growing as a photographer too. I think for, for newer photographers, sometimes it's easier to start off with looking at the technical aspects of the photography just to get it right. You know what they say, learn the rules and then later break them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the creative aspect, definitely. I mean, sometimes, you know, there's sometimes the great masters took uh, uh, blurry pictures just because back then the film was really slow and uh, ISO 125 was the fastest. There was a lot of films were even at 12 and uh, ISO 25 back then. But the image is so strong 
um, from the creative and emotional aspect, it tells a story that it's more important than being technically uh, perfect. So it's, it's really difficult to give, like you said, it's a learning process. You can't just say this is the right formula for good image. There is no formula. There is no mathematical formula. It just if, doesn't exist. That's and, right. Uh, I, I really like your advice uh, when you say um, get critique from peers. Now, not everyone maybe has a seasoned photographer close by. I'm, I'm, I think you offer um, critiques, which, which I think is really good because it'll, it'll um, give uh, the person who gets the critique a very experienced point of view from a photographer if they know you and they like your photos and maybe they want uh, their photos to look like yeah, and, and the what, what to look for. No? That's right. And the critique is not always, it's not to fix the picture you're having critiqued is to mm -hmm. learn from it so that mm -hmm. next time you're out shooting you make those better decisions in camera that's the point of a critique yeah. it's the best yeah. learning tool ever and actually talking about critique the critique uh if you're on google plus and you've joined the street focus um uh, group page i open a critique category where photographers post an image for critique and and others bring in their their um their two cents i mean and and it's critique doesn't mean negative critique is constructive and it's been very very popular the only thing is if you post an image you know make sure you check others work too if you don't feel exactly. competent enough to critique you know just still give tell why you like that picture or why you think it doesn't work so well or how it would have worked better but but critique even amongst peers uh is is really really important um and and other photographers myself included we do offer critiques online but um so that's something you may want to check because that is really in my opinion i've seen so many people grow through that process a lot of people are very intimidated by that but uh but again critique is constructive it doesn't have to be negative so um and and sometimes you know like you're on social media and people give you a thumbs up or it's nice but and it's a good indication that there is something about your image that appeals to people i mean i'm not saying that the likes don't count they do obviously if the picture doesn't speak to anyone you won't nobody's gonna like it but, but you don't know what what it is they don't tell you <laughs> exactly so it's important in, you know that to give to say why you like it oh i just love the movement or i love the light you know say why you like a particular image and by doing it yourself to others work you will learn too because you'll learn to analyze what it is about that particular image that moves you and that is very important so that process really works both ways but if you haven't already done so alice i really invite you to join the the, the street focus um group page on google plus and check out the critique uh section because even th looking through critiques even if you don't post an image, but you look at them and read the comments that people have put in, in and below the image, you will learn a ton. And um, just watching critiques online of other people's work, you will learn a lot. So that's um, and that's really a good way, I think, to to get past that you know problem that you're having right now of not knowing which picture to keep because that in time will become so natural that you'll know okay that's it that's the one and that you can delete everything else i usually only keep one i don't shoot a lot and marco has a good point too it's like once you get to that level of comfort that you you learn you know how to see you won't need to take as many frames and um 
And then you won't need to have to worry about picking one out of 10 because you only have one or two of the same subject. But until you get there, you have to learn to see. And that's where you need to really uh, focus your your attention right now, I think, if I may uh, use the word focus. But <laughs> that's a pun. <laughs> yeah. and, so. and do look at uh, maybe famous photographers. Look yeah. at the great masters. Uh, buy a book or look online at, at their photos and, and really, really take time to analyze what is it that made this picture so special. Yeah. Um, I think it really helps. If you look at a lot of pictures, you know... You get a feeling for what what they were looking at, or, or why they chose the picture. So I th I, that really helped me uh, a lot in, in in learning composition and uh, uh, what makes an image appealing to people. Yep, and as you said before, more often than not, it's not the technical aspect, especially in street photography. Um, maybe more than any other genre, it's really about the emotion. Um, mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be technically perfect to be a good picture, because if you only have the technically perfect part, but no story, no emotion, then there's nothing there. So cool. Well, Alice, I hope this helped a little bit. Thank you, Marco, for all your great points again. Um, so what should we do next? The, next, the pick of the week or the, the winners of the street challenge? Let's do the pick of the week. We'll, we'll keep the suspense till the end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your pick this week, Marco? Okay, as this is the Christmas show, and um, maybe some of uh, the listeners got an iTunes or an Amazon uh, voucher. Um, maybe I'm allowed to take uh, two picks this week. Yes, Although go one, ahead. one of them is free. One of them is free. My first pick is an app for iPhone, and I'm not sure if they make it for Android on other phones too. But the app is called Lenka. Is L E N K A. It's a photography app that is uh, a very simple but great black and white uh, photo app. You. you, you I use it as my as my main app when I when I take pictures with my iPhone in black and white. You don't have to do any conversion outside of this program. It offers you some contrast sliders and and um, exposure and uh, uh, brightness. But that's that's it. It's very simple, and the images basically when I have them, I don't mind just putting them on Twitter without doing anything else. So then they look really really good. Awesome. This is this is pick number one. You want to go for the next one? Uh, sure. I'll squeeze mine in between. And mine is a book. Uh, last time we had a uh, challenge, the winner picked a book titled Photography as Meditation by Torsten Hoffman. And I was so curious about it that I ordered it for myself as well. And uh, this is not your ordinary photography book. The author explains how meditation and photography are both based on in the moment and require complete focus and he shows us how meditation can actually lead as a source of inspiration so it's a it's quite uh it's, it's quite a book i i mean some some pages i had to read over and over again it was like wow this is really deep uh so it's not a technical book but um very very interesting and it's called photography as meditation by torsten hoffman and it's available at rocky nook publishing either in a print or an ebook version. And let me check here real quick. The print version is $39.95 US dollars, and the ebook is probably quite a bit cheaper. Sounds like he's German. <laughs> the name it sounds German. Sounds like it, yes. <laughs> okay, and I have one more pick, which okay. is also a book. 
photography related, even street photography, uh, street photography related. Um, it is called Street Photography Now. It has uh, about 300 images and uh, it focuses on 46 contemporary street photographers. There are such names as uh, Bruce Gilden, Martin Parr, and Alex Webb that you know, but there's also a lot of uh, street photographers you haven't heard of probably. And um, it's a fantastic book and it just shows a few pictures from each photographer and it, it, it shows you how different the genre of street photography can be. And sometimes, like I talked about it earlier, um, there are photos where there's not a single person on the image, but it still uh, fits this genre. And I, I really enjoyed, um, yeah, I got this as a present the other day, and I've, I've really enjoyed looking through it. And um, it's an inspirational tool. It's also from different cities and, and continents. I think New York, Tokyo, Delhi, uh, India. It's, it's, it's a really interesting book um, if, if you enjoy like a coffee table book. And I don't know the price in the U.S. store. I, I would say it's probably around uh, 30 U.S. dollars for soft cover. Okay, great. I, I haven't seen that one yet, so I will be... Uh... Okay, let me just tell. It's from uh, Sophie uh, Howard, seems to be um, the person and uh, author one. And the other author is uh, Steve McLaren. Okay, great. And I'll put the link on the show notes. Awesome. Thank you for those cool picks. And uh, okay, now we're going to announce the winners of the last street challenge, which was about looking in or window street photography. And there were a lot of good entries. It was really hard. Well, the good part is that I asked Marco to do one pick. So we have two winners this week. But I I had such a hard time. I had like six or seven favorites and it was really hard to pick one. So, Marco, who was your pick? I can I can only agree. It was really tough and I'm not just saying this. It was really, really good ent entries. And uh, I had a few too, but, uh, you know, Valerie, I just did it as you explained earlier. I looked through all of them. There was uh, one that caught my eye right away. Then I slowly went through them again and in the end I picked the one that I that stood out to me in the first second when I when I looked at it, um, my my winner would be from uh, the image from Getville. Um, it's an image of a reflection uh, of a young couple pushing a stroller with a little uh, baby inside. Um, they are the reflection, and inside in the window, there's a little bit older man uh, looking at them. And the shot is timed so greatly that the face of the person. Um, it's a black and white image. The face of the, the the man inside is just in the middle of the two faces of the, the young couple walking by. So um, it, it just tells a story. If I look at this picture, I can see so much uh, potential in this in this image to 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 see the person, the head in between, it could be like a family story. This is the father looking at them or something. So I, I really this this really caught my attention. I really think it's a it's a great shot. Yeah, I agree. It was, a, it was a great shot. It was one of my favorites as well. So, so my favorite was a color photograph, believe it or not, uh, by <laughs> Olaf Garwish of passengers in a train that he photographed through a window with a lot of condensation and raindrops. And that gets me every time. I just love it. You know, the foggy uh, feel. And it's very romantic. The woman who is uh, the main subject is very elegant. And she seems to have a slight smile on her face. So you can only imagine what she's thinking. And uh, 
and I really like the negative space in front of the passengers. It's just, I love the mood. It really has a story and it has a really timeless quality. Uh, I'm sure it would be a stunning black and white image as well, but here I really don't mind the, the warm tone. Uh, it's very muted. It's, it's very, it's very pleasing. It's very beautiful. And as Marco said, same thing. I, that one jumped out at me and I waited and waited until yesterday when we closed the entries. And, uh, and that one kept jumping out at me. So I said I had to go with my heart and that's the one that stood out the most. So both, uh, Gatville and Olaf will receive a new book from rockynook.com. Congratulations. So our next challenge, okay, I have everything all mixed up. Okay, next challenge, and you have um, two weeks to submit your pictures in the comment section of this episode, which is episode 14. It is shadows. So uh, Marco sent me some samples. I'm going to put some samples. We'll do a little gallery on the show notes as usual for inspiration. Uh, Marco, do you want to give a few tips about shadows? Sure. Um, basically, it's, it's quite simple. When there's light, there are shadows. Exactly. So uh, everyone should be able to find those. In my neck of the woods, and I think yours, uh, Valerie, the sun is uh, kind of scarce. So uh, the sun is a perfect and very strong light source uh, to create good shadows. Um, but also, um, for example, on a parking lot, there's uh, usually uh, strong lights um, in the evening where you can also take pictures of shadows. But let's say you're sticking with uh, the sun as a light source. Um, think about uh, where the shadows of the, the people um, that you take a picture of um, can appear if, you, if you're shooting against the light. So um, the people are um, like a silhouette then the, the shadow falls at you, uh, towards you. And um, just make sure maybe to, to get a little bit lower angle to, to catch um, the whole shadow, depending on how low the sun is. The lower the sun is in the morning or in the evenings, the longer the shadows get <clears throat> to catch that. Or um, if, you, if you are closer to midday, sometimes um, people walking by a fence or a, a wall can give really interesting shadow reflections as uh, looks like as if they were walking with their own twin um, next to each other. So um, those, are, those are definitely areas where you can pick up shadows. Definitely. And, and the shadow can be the main subject versus mm -hmm. the, uh, the actual... They don't have to see the person. It can be only the shadow. Exactly. Can you can be very creative with shadows. You can, um, you know, when the, the sun is at a lower angle and you're shooting from above, you have those really, really long shadows. That could be really cool if you're on a, you know, on a build, uh, higher on a building or a bridge or uh, some kind of platform. Look for those. Uh, you can be very creative with shadows. Um, it would be really hard right now in Minnesota. I don't think we've seen the sun in about two weeks, but <laughs> it's bound to come back when the temperature drops. <laughs> drops again so uh there's uh so the best really and i recommend it is to go out the next couple weeks and make it a special project perfect for elliot you know get out and shoot those shadows <laughs> i'm sure you'll fight people and uh and then uh but if you don't get a chance you know Put your best shadow shot that you've collected over the past few weeks in the in, in for the contest. That's okay too. And the contest closes on January eighth. 
Okay, so um, it's been working better, it seems. People are not having so much trouble posting uh, images and uploaded. They cannot be too large, so the, you, need, the, you need to resize them for the web, like 800 pixels wide, you know, and then they, they should upload pretty easily in the show note comments section. Great. Uh, well, anything else we need to cover? I think that was it for the shadows. And I have a few short announcements. So please check out the Street Focus community on Google Plus and check out the the critique section. But there is also a, a spot where you can just post your images. If you don't want a critique, that's okay too. Uh, there are two spots to to, to post your images. Um, I have a quick announcement regarding my workshops. There's still some limited space available in the 2015 Paris workshops, as well as London in May, Minneapolis in June, and New York in October, but they're all filling up very quickly, even through October. And also yesterday, I just had a cancellation for Rome on April 18th through the 24th. So there is a spot that is up for grabs there. Well, it might not be by the time this uh, airs out. But if you look on my website at valeriejardinphotography.com, you will see the update because I always uh, put if it's sold out and there is a waiting list or if there is one spot left. So you can see it there. Um, and uh, that's it for the quick announcement. Marco, anything you'd like to add? Any any announcement? No an announcements from my side. Just uh, happy, healthy, <laughs> and successful new year. Exactly. To <laughs> Thanks. And, okay, and to you, this, of course. Thank you. This show is actually airing on Christmas Day. So if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas, Joyeux Noël, and Marco will say it in German. Frohe Weihnachten. That's right. So, and uh, thank you so much, Marco, for joining me today. Um, it's just been so much more fun for me than just talking to myself to a microphone. <laughs> where can people? Thank you. It was, it was really nice. It uh, was I, fun. I really enjoyed it. Yes. And uh, where can people see more of your work? Um, on my website, which is Marco Larousse, M-A-R-C-O-L-A-R-O-U-S-S-E, written all in one word. Dot com. And um, on uh, Twitter, I'm also Marco LaRousse or uh, Hamburg Cam. That's right. Great. And if you haven't listened to the Hamburg episode, do you remember what episode number that was? It was episode number six, as far as I remember. Okay. That was a really good episode. Whether you're planning on visiting Hamburg or not, I really recommend it because that really made me want to go there again. So we great. Already had the first, sorry, we already had the first uh, visitors here um, due to the podcast. So I've already met up with a few photographers. <laughs> That's right. That's pretty awesome. That really, uh, yeah, the show has been very popular. Um, and uh, so please share the love. Tell your friends about the podcast. So many street photographers still don't know there is a podcast out they're devoted to street photography so we want uh, we definitely need to share thank you marco and uh merry christmas thank you merry christmas and we are at the end of another episode of street focus please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and then to upload your image for the street challenge shadows before january 8th and thank you for all the great ratings on iTunes. I'm just touched, really. There's been so many great uh, reviews. So please keep them coming. Thanks. And to sign up for exclusive TWIP membership benefits and discounts, you can head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash join. 
My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab your camera and hit the streets. Hit the streets.